From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Today it's Reformation Day, Wednesday, the 31st of October, 2018. An Indonesian Lion Air plane crashed just minutes after taking off from Indonesia's capital on Monday, likely killing all 189 people on board. The accident is the first for Boeing's most advanced 737 and is the worst commercial aviation disaster in three years. More than 300 people, including soldiers, police, and local fishermen, were involved in the ocean search that has also recovered ID cards, personal belongings, as well as aircraft debris. According to the Associated Press, an air transport official said the flight was cleared to return to Jakarta after the pilot made a return-to-base request two to three minutes after taking off. It plunged into the sea ten minutes later. Weather conditions were normal at the time, but according to reports, the brand new aircraft had experienced a technical issue on its previous flight. Apple announced new 11-inch and 12.9-inch iPad Pros in New York on Tuesday, which now come with Face ID, a USB-C charging port, and new Liquid Retina display. This according to The Verge, which stated that the iPads also lose their home buttons entirely in favor of the iOS 12 gesture controls found in Apple's new iPhones. Swiping across the various edges of the screen now brings up the home screen, lets you switch apps and pull up the control center, notification center, and dock. According to a Seattle tech release, Apple also released a minor update to iOS 12 on Tuesday. iOS 12.1 adds the 77 new emojis plus an additional 80 variants of emoji 11.0, as well as group FaceTime for up to 32 users and the ability to use dual eSIM cards. The tech release also stated that the update adds the option to change the bokeh, background blur, on photos in real time and provides a fix for numerous bugs as well. December 1939, Prime Minister Robert Menzies inaugurated the first worldwide Australian presence on the broadcast airwaves. ABC Radio began transmission on shortwave radio and was heard across the Asia-Pacific area. One of the functions of the Australian shortwave broadcasting was to counter Axis powers propaganda, particularly that of the Japanese, and in 1941 Radio Australia was born. A transmitter site in Sepperton, Victoria was installed in 1944 with others following soon after. Although Radio Australia's shortwave signal was primarily aimed at the Asia-Pacific region, portions of North America and Europe could on occasion receive some of the transmissions as well, depending on time, 
frequency and other factors. In its later years, Radio Australia could also be heard on CBC Radio across Canada during their overnight broadcast and can still be heard on the FM band in Fiji. The shortwave programming was broadcast in multiple languages, namely English, Mandarin Chinese, Vietnamese, Indonesian, French, Burmese, and Tok Pisin, a Creole language spoken commonly in Papua New Guinea. During the first Gulf War in the early 1990s, Radio Australia provided valuable information and support to expatriate Australians caught in Iraq and others working in Saudi Arabia and surrounding areas. As the internet age progressed in the early 2000s, shortwave broadcasts began to dwindle and transmissions too dwindled down to just a few frequencies in fewer locations. No longer could Radio Australia be heard in Europe or North America, but it wasn't until the 31st of January 2017, much later than many of its counterparts, that Radio Australia finally terminated shortwave radio broadcasting. And although its radio coverage is now only limited to radio in Australia, as well as a few Asia-Pacific countries, much of the world can still tune in online to the streaming content and podcasts, similar to many other shortwave providers who switched mediums as the internet grew. Although the mode of operations has changed since 1939, Radio Australia is still widely heard across Australia and around the world. As Christians, as those who follow Jesus Christ, we must value His Word above all other things on this earth. In the book Drawing Near, pastor and author John MacArthur recounts the story behind one particular copy of God's Word, which demonstrates how precious it was to its original owner. I have a friend, he writes, who has a beautiful collection of rare Bibles. My favorite is one of the earliest printed copies dating back to the 16th century England. The first time I held it in my hands, I noticed that the top third of every page was covered with a dark stain. Tears filled my eyes when I realized it was from the blood of its original owner. My friend explained that when Bloody Mary ruled England, she delighted in terrorizing Protestants and murdering as many as she could. Her soldiers would execute their victims through some bloody means, then take his or her Bible and dip it into the blood. Some of those Bibles have been preserved and are known as Martyr's Bibles. Scientists have confirmed that the dark stains on every page of my friend's Bible are indeed human blood. That same Bible is well worn from being studied, and many of its pages have water stains on them, perhaps from tears. Obviously, it was someone's most precious possession, and his or her blood is there to prove it. In Psalm 19, we read about such value placed in God's word. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. To the psalmist, dwelling on, studying, pondering, and focusing on God's word meant far more to him than the richest or the sweetest things that this earthly life has to offer, because the infallible word of God has the ability to satisfy every spiritual need. 
But sadly, as rich and satisfying, as perfect as the Word of God is, so many today, including many who claim to follow Christ, take it for granted, not studying or even reading it routinely. Some make it more of a chore instead of longing to return to it, like many anticipate a new season of their favorite TV show or sequel to a gripping novel. So often, we as Christians don't seek and reread portions of God's Word, thinking that it has nothing more to offer, when in reality, each study, each fresh look, gives us new insights into how we ought to live, who our Savior is, what we can anticipate in His kingdom, and other priceless treasures for this life. When we feel apathetic, when we struggle with treasuring the word over the calls and the cares of this world, may we pray, may we come before our Lord and ask him for wisdom and a renewed thirst for his word, and may we do the same for others in similar periods of life, encouraging them to be faithful in the word, praying with them and setting a humble example, holding God's word above all things, and pouring over it more fervently and excitedly than any other thing. May we remember to thank God for the example of those who have loved his word to the cost of their own lives. And may we always ask him in prayer to give us that desire to feed on his truth daily and the drive to satisfy that desire. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. 
Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review.